Okily dokily, let's put on our game faces. Game on! Woo! This is Bronco Nation, a Midwest communications podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim Lawless. Episode two, take one. That's, Not again. That's a little joke from last week. Okay. I uh, had some technical difficulties, but we're back. Um, yeah, after a big Western victory last Saturday. The Broncos had no technical difficulties whatsoever. Wow, where'd that come from? 40- I know. Wow. 44-41? We thought they'd keep it close, but neither one of us thought they'd actually win that game. And in their building. Yeah. Heinz Field. I know. Someone made a crack because the uh, the attendance wasn't exactly up there. So <laughs> one of my friends on my Facebook page made a post of, yeah, Heinz Field looks like a uh, uh, nearly empty ketchup bottle. <laughs> Didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not very full, but... Um, I just, I don't, I, I did not see that coming. I, I think that was a great game for Caleb Ellaby in that offense. Sky Moore had a, had a touchdown. He looked good. I mean, the, re, the receiving core in general looked good. The running game looks good. The defense kept them in the game the whole time. It, when it went 20 to seven, I was like, Western's going to win this ball game. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't exactly as optimistic because I've seen bigger uh, train wrecks over the uh, course of the last many years yes <laughs> but yeah it, tur- it turned out great um what what i had mentioned last week uh and i did the same thing for michigan state too uh when we talked about um you know there's no big stud yes uh ball control defense keep us in the game looky what happened yep boom winner Chicken just like dinner. that <laughs> so yeah nice power five win uh coach lester's first as a coach here at uh, western so that's got to be uh, a good feeling for him um i'm kind of bummed i was looking forward to interviewing him this week doing our one and one but yeah uh, coach has covid yes so we wish him the best um obviously hoping that he can get some rest and be on the field on saturday right, right. Uh, if not you know he's got a capable staff but uh, one of the questions I was going to ask him, because he beat Vandy in 98, I believe, when he was quarterback here at Western. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I would say this is, like, the typical, prototypical um, trap game, letdown game scenario. Right. You come off a very high uh, emotional win, big uh, program win, big for Lester, and then you got to play San Jose State, and most people would be like, you know, they're just going to go in and beat them, whatever. But they got to be careful. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for uh, jogging my memory banks because I worked that Bronco Vandy game. Did you really? Over on, in the Southwestern Studios. Yes, thank you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that was a ways back there. Yeah, yes. Tim, this is my second incarnation of Tim Lester because I, I ran Bronco games um, fall of 96, 97, in the, in the winter for basketball and hockey, but not all of them because we broke them up between the part timers. Back then we had lots of part timers, yeah. <laughs> and we all we and we all got to share the load. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just oh wow. <laughs> Thank you for man. I went through uh, this is my second incarnation of Lester, <laughs> and twenty five years apart almost pretty wow. much yeah. isn't that crazy i know it's nuts <laughs> but yeah i mean like my question for him was going to be like how do you keep the guys focused and energized to play san jose state it's you got me and 
Well, you you want some dirt on on San Jose? I can give you some dirt. What's their record right now? On San Jose. I didn't get that much dirt. Well, you know what? Yes, I do. Once I can find my... Uh, well, I got the schedule here. It looks like... Uh, well, actually, you know what? It doesn't give me the... Um, nah, don't worry. I'm on it here. Uh, San Jose State, 2-1, uh, and one, just okay. like the Broncos. Okay. I don't have their... Uh, their past opponents or anything like let's that. Let's see. But. I might be able to pull that up for you. Well, while you're doing that, let's talk some dirt about San Jose State. Uh, their quarterback, uh, Nick Starkle, um, he's, he throws at a 51% clip, 63 out of 123 for 937 on the season. There are uh, two other quarterbacks who have made appearance, appearances, but um, very limited at that. Tyler Nevins is their uh, one of their uh, running backs, 27 carries for 149 yards, averaging 5.5 a clip. Uh, looks like uh, Kerry Robinson is the other, 28 carries but only 73. And then there are uh, four other backs that have made appearances. Um, it looks like their running game and their passing game is pretty much evened up for the most part. Um as a matter of fact, uh, Broncos, Caleb alone, 58 out of 93 for 702, 62.4%. Um, and we know his uh, his big boys, his receivers. Yep. Uh, Receiving-wise, uh, for San Jose State, they have quite a few backs. Um, Isaiah Hamilton... 12 receptions for 168. Charles Ross, 10 receptions, 151. Derek Deese Jr., he's a tight end. We'll probably uh, see him uh, at some point. Seven for 142. Oh, wow. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, another back, or another wide receiver, actually, uh, Jermaine Braddock. Seven receptions for 120. They spread the wealth. They do spread the wealth. So the passing game, um, that is seems to be our uh, downfall for our defense. Yep. Hopefully they're keying on that this week. So. Uh, looking at their schedule, they played Southern Utah week one, beat them 45-14. Uh, they lost to USC week two, 30-7. And then last Sunday they took down uh, Hawaii, uh, seventeen to thirteen. Yeah, let's hope they're just. Let's hope they have jet lag. Yes, serious, so, <laughs> serious jet lag. I did see that Le- <laughs> Lester will not make the game on Saturday. No, but um, the nice thing is that he's going to do it virtually. Okay, so. that's good. I, that was going to be a question: is can he do anything virtually? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they, I guess they already have that all set up. Awesome. And I'm sure Hans has something to do with it, um, the uh, big tech guy over yeah. over uh, in the Bronco Radio Network. So, I bet he does. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where to next? Um, I mean, I think we're both saying a Western win here. They got to stay focused. Okay. Spreads three. The over-under, on the other hand, and remember, we talked about mm-hmm. or made mention of the Broncos. Broncos' weakness right now is passing. Yep. Um, The over-under 63 with a three-point spread. 
Hmm. Good night, Irene. Fireworks mm. at Waldo this weekend, apparently. Oh, man. I don't know if I'd take the points. I know. I don't know that they're going to get to that. I I, I could my, see it easily being like 30-20 WMU. You know, my... I. This line may shift closer to even before kickoff because I have a feeling these two teams are pretty evenly mashed. Obviously, with a three-point spread, Vegas seems to think that way right now. I, ju- I just have a feeling that this spread is going to go closer to even, so it'll be you know, either, either or, literally. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm, saying, with, I'm saying Western by at least a touchdown. Okay, Lester's out. Bronco defense, the weakness is passing. Um, they have been able to control the run. I, um, <laughs> and I'm taking notes this time because I want my nickels. <laughs> I want my nickels. <laughs> <laughs> I am and I was going to put JL. I can't put JL and JL cause we're both JL. We are. It doesn't work. So, um, junior and me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you are now junior. <laughs> and you're you're picking Western? Yeah. I will uh I'll go the same. But not with the confidence you have. You got a little trepidation. And I and I can sense that with like not having Lester there and being the situation it is. It could come down to it could come down to the last play of the game. It could. Literally. Um, so I think we should look at the rest of the Mac this week because we're getting ready for um the max schedule. Can't wait yeah. for that. But uh, Bowling Green is at Minnesota. I'd say that's a win for PJ Fleck. Oh. Yeah. Well, the spread's 31. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. I, I, I just look for the Mac upset of the yeah. week. Yeah. And, uh, and Minnesota's at two and one. Bowling Green one and two. But then, then again, the Falcons are not that good. No, this they're year. not. So I will go with the same, and we'll go University of Minnesota. Uh, the team up north is hosting FIU. Um, Miami of Ohio is at Army. Um, Ohio is at Northwestern. Uh, Texas State is at Eastern Michigan. Yep. Um, another big game, Toledo at Ball State. I'm going to give the Cardinals the edge in that one, I think. Uh, it's it's going to be evenly matched. And here's something we didn't expect to see: uh, Toledo one and two, Ball State one and two. I know. Last year, Toledo was nationally ranked. Yeah, and, and Ball State was picked to and pretty the, much win the MAC this year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm going to go. You're going to go Rockets. I'm going to go Rockets. Okay. And you're going to go BS. Yep. Yeah, it's typical. <laughs> okay, Central Michigan, Florida International. Would you believe 10-point spread? CMU and FIU both in at 1 and 2. Over-unders 56. We both are supposed to hate the chips by theory. You not so much, but me definitely because it's just been in my blood since I moved here in 1969. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say that's a win for Central. I'll give it to them too. Uh, Maine is at NIU. <clears throat> Uh, Kent State is at Maryland. That's on Big Ten Network. Um, Buffalo at Old Dominion. That should be a win for Buffalo. And then Akron going to be taking on Ohio State, who is not as good this year, but I still think that goes to Akron. 
<laughs> what did you just call Akron? Or not Akron, Ohio State. <laughs> Buckeyes. Gonna, man, what? You said you went home for lunch? <laughs> that explains it. That explains oh, it. Gosh. You know, I'm I'm intrigued by the Bobcats at 0-3. Over the last few years, I'm not used to seeing that. No, at that's weird. All. Right. Um, yeah, NIU definitely. Or NU. Not NIU, NU. <laughs> Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, I'll give that one to the uh, Wildcats. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a boring schedule for the Mac this week. It looks like a lot of losses. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. So, um, let's go up to the bigger schedule, the bigger picture. Uh, Fresno State 22 taking on UNLV. Um, Villanova, which I didn't even know had a FCS program. Um, or I thought I thought it was FCS, not FBS. They're taking on Penn State. Who I got wrong against Auburn, but I'll give it to him. That was a good victory. So they're sitting at six now. Are you are you in the thought process? Villanova, that's a basketball school. Pretty much. It's like seeing Duke football. It's like <laughs> like, eh. like North Carolina in the top twenty five. Hey, it ain't December yet. What's yeah. up with this? <laughs> what, what is going on? <laughs> uh, I would say this is probably the best matchup of the week. Uh twelve Notre Dame in Wisconsin to take on the eighteenth. Uh, ranked Badgers. I'm still having issues with Notre Dame and their reluctance for Purdue to bring in the world's largest drum <laughs> or helping them out because they couldn't get it down the tunnel because no. they redid the entrance, the visitor's entrance yeah. um, down there at what, what are they calling Notre Dame Stadium again? I forget. That place? Yeah, thank you. The, pl- <laughs> the, pl- the, pl- the place down south. <laughs> so right, th- right there I... Instantly had animosity against the Irish or Iwish, and I'm still holding that. So Wisconsin is going to soundly defeat Notre Dame. I think so too. Soundly, I I would agree. What's the spread on that? Do you have uh, the I spread? I don't know. Oh, if you only had the spread, because because I would let's love see to. Notre Dame. I would love to know and the spread Wisconsin on that. Wisconsin spread. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see here. The money line. Well, we don't need the money line. No. The spread is, uh, wow, plus five and a half for Notre Dame. What? The over under is 46 and a half. I w- I, that's probably spot on. It's not going to be a high scoring game. Um, but I don't know how I don't know how Notre Dame is favored by five and a half. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin by seventeen. I'm not posting a score. Just saying seventeen. I'm just I'm gonna go seventeen. Wisconsin by seventeen because Notre Dame is overrated this year and they can't bring a drum into the building. <laughs> I'm gonna say Wisconsin by seven. Okay. You're, um you're being nice. Coastal should cruise to a victory over UMass. Uh Georgia's gonna cruise to a victory over Vanderbilt. Yep. Iowa State at fourteen should be okay with Baylor. Another good game. Uh, Seventh-rated Texas A&M. The Aggies get to be taken on 16th-ranked Razorbacks of Arkansas. You're denying Baylor already? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Why? Yeah. 
Why? I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying Cyclones. <laughs> um, I oh, that's, This is a tough one in the SEC, but I'm going to go out on a limb, and, I, and I'm going to say Arkansas. They're going to pull the upset. Over? Texas A&M. Over the Aggies? Yeah, the Aggies are 7, Arkansas is 16. It's in Arkansas. Oh, I'm A&M all day. Okay. Yeah. Write it down so I, you can keep track of your nickels. <laughs> Me, Texas A&M, or just TAM for short. TAM, there you go. And Junior. Saw. Is A-R-K. Uh, Rutgers in Michigan. You were saying this isn't the same Rutgers team. No, no, and they proved it last year. Did you not keep track of, of, of Rutgers last year? They were kind of like the story coming out of the Big Ten. Like, where did they come from? Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah. Were and, pretty decent. And they're, and they're I think they're pretty decent right now. So it'll be but, Michigan's probably first real test this year. But, but, considering uh, U of M's last three games, yeah. I'm not going to sell them short. I, um, I'm thinking Wolverines by 20. Okay, by twenty is it now? This is uh east. This is on the east coast, right? This is not at no in Ann Arbor. No, it's in Ann Arbor. Oh, it is Ann Arbor. Yeah. Well, I'll make it twenty five then. I say they win by seventeen at least. Okay. Well, twenty four. Well, yeah, twenty four. Clemson 25. should be NC State. Um, Auburn should beat Georgia State. You say in Stanford that could go either way. UCLA twenty four. Stanford not ranked. Um. Let's see here. Stanford's Bruins. two and one. Bruins. I'm gonna go Stanford. Write that one down too. Oh, I am. Uh Nebraska at Michigan State, seven o'clock on uh Saturday. Totally impressed with what they did against Oklahoma last week. I was expecting a uh, sooner blowout, but this, you know, I, I didn't have a chance to look at any highlights or get any audio as I was uh working our game, but um I was very impressed by the way this the scoreboard resembled one of the old school. We're gonna run the wildcat option all day long or triple option. I can't remember which option they that they ran. I think it was the wildcat, but uh, both teams actually did that. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, obviously not now. As, yeah. As as the game has progressed to like who runs options. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'm sticking with State, though. I like what Mel Tar- uh, Tucker has done the last three yeah. weeks. Yep. And they look good. Kenneth Walker looks amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I say they win, uh, get them to 4-0, probably within the top 15. If some teams go down, they can move their way up the ladder. I have a terrible ringing in my ear right now. Uh, anyways, moving on, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Uh, Kansas State sitting at 25 uh, OSU. Wow, both teams are three and zero, and OSU. It's at home the, in Stillwater. Well, you know, there's there's some famous running back that came out of Stillwater, if you do recall. I do, but I'm gonna go OSU. We'll stick. I'll stick with it too. Okay. Uh, Tennessee at Florida. Florida should win that one. Uh, Twenty one UNC at Georgia Tech. I still give the edge to UNC there. Uh, Southern Miss going to get blown out by Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, West Virginia in Norman taking on number four, Oklahoma. That should be an Oklahoma win. Mm-hmm. Talked about it earlier. Akron taking on Ohio State. 
Um, Go so- Zips! The one that got me last <laughs> week, South Florida taking on 15th ranked BYU. Ha ha. Um, oh, I told you. I know. Obviously, BYU there. Uh, Oregon looking really good this year. Uh, number three taking on uh, Arizona. That'll go to Oregon. Yeah. And then we thought it was last week. It's this week. Iowa taking on Colorado State. And the Hawkeyes are fifth. Uh, so they'll roll over oh, Colorado yeah. State. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's good for the schedule this week. Um, like I said, coach going to be out of the game. He will coach remotely. Uh, so we didn't get an interview with him. I'll have some audio from the press conference today. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later. We'll also have, uh, Robin hook. He's got a couple more, uh, player interviews for us. Oh, very good. Um, but, uh, of course, as always, uh, the Bronco nation podcast brought to you by Zemlick office products and supplies, um, you can check them out, zemlick.com. Again, that's zemlick.com. Daily specials, free offers. Check them out every single day, zemlick.com. Uh, also want to shout out our other sponsors from the, um, just the Broncos, uh, you know, the broadcast. Oh, there are so many of them. You, you know, folks, feel free to listen to the, to, to the list of advertisers. They're in our opens and in our closes. Yep. And it, there are just so many of them. And like you and said, a lot me, of them have been with us for decades. Of, yes. Yeah. Back when Broncos and Vandy, as a yeah, matter of back fact. Back in the 90s yeah. with Tim Lester as the quarterback. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And Dorns Ford was Galesburg Ford back then. Yeah. So I guess you could attach those two and shift them forward. Pretty but, much. You know, yeah. right? but anyway. That's crazy. That, but that shows you like how invested <laughs> Our community is in right. Western football. Oh, absolutely. In Western sports. I can't wait for hockey. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And basketball. But um, do we have time to uh, to uh, talk about uh, Monday night for just a second? Yeah, we do got because, time. Because that's, I, I never. Know, that's I, funny. You read my mind. That's I, where I was going. I never watched. I didn't watch the game. I don't have cable at home. And I'm fine with that. I have streaming services, but nothing yeah. cable related. Yeah, well, yeah, internet out there is flip a coin. As well, so, <laughs> yeah, on Elmina. So, so why why even try it? Yeah, but yeah, and there's a story behind that. I'll tell you off air. But, <laughs> but um, I was tracking the game. Yeah, Lions up by three at the half. Yep. So I went to bed. I'm like, well, let's see how close this is when I get up in the morning. 17 stayed 17 for the Lions. So, yep. And that and Aaron Rodgers apparently woke up and found some receivers, and that was that. Yeah. I, I'm, Owen 17 is a, definitely a possibility. It is. They are not very good. I don't, but I don't want to. I don't want to lean that way. I, I, like I said, we, like I said last week, week five is where we need to really look at Detroit. And see where they sit. But here's my thing, and maybe and I'm I'm in the minority here, but I'm not judging them at all this year. I'm just not doing it. True. It's just your coach signed a six year deal, your GM signed a five or six year deal, and it's their job to do the rebuild. And this and this isn't a quick fix. No. Do a couple. This. No. This shows you the damage that Quinn Trisha did to this franchise. Mm-hmm. They, they are missing a starter on defense at every position. Right. Every single position. 
You know the advantage of going 0 and 17. You get it. You get a top three pick. Um, it could be it could be even better because remember we're getting another first rounder. Yeah, so and we'll if, have if two. The Rams don't. They'll play have any two. Game. They'll yeah. have two. Two of the next two years. Right. And of course, okay. So so Stafford lights it up. I know you don't want to hear me say that, but let's yeah. let's say he lights it up. Stafford goes all world. The Rams make it to at least the uh, NFC Championship. Yeah. So you're going to put them in the top four. So obviously they're going to draft somewhere between 26 and 30. But it's still a first-round pick. But it's still a first-round pick, right. And you have two. So you could, if your guy is available at quarterback, you take him if you're top three. If you're reaching for somebody, don't take a guy. Don't be the Bears. Don't take Mitchell Trubisky. Don't be the Giants. Don't take David Jones. If your guy is there, take him. If he's not there this coming draft, take him in 2023. Right. right. Did you hear the news today, too? And this is considering the Bears. Um, Justin Fields will be starting this Sunday. That didn't take long. No. The clock is now off on Justin Fields. (laughs) That was a quick clock in my mind. Yes, it was. And... It's going to be very, you know, I'm, I'm, I might be a little more invested in that game just to see, just see how he plays, just, just to see how an Ohio State quarterback plays in the NFL because the track record's not, not good. Good, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think one of the other things that I'm, you know, feeling good about the Lions, Penny Sewell looks great at left tackle. Yeah, don't move him back. Right. And here's my thing: if Decker don't want to move to right tackle, bye. Trade him to a playoff team that needs a, a lineman, and right. you'll get a first-round pick. We hope. You you would hope, but we hope. I don't care what you get. Get get a bag of football. I don't for know. Him. I don't know if Decker's going to constitute a first-round pick. His value's not that high. Eh, I I trust Mike Valeni, and he seems to think first-round pick. I actually it. It could be just a direct trade. It may not be for a draft pick. Maybe not. Maybe you could, get a young a young lineman in return. Or it could be a cash consideration deal. Yeah. That right or now. Or a combo of picks. Know, I mean, right. you could get a third and a fourth or a third and a sixth. Yeah. Anything at this point because that's the thing. You need yeah. lottery tickets. Right, right, right. But everyone banks on the on the uh, first-round picks. And, and we already know that outside of Barry Sanders, the first-round pick does not do well in – the Motor City. No, well, in the <laughs> last decade, the place that they struggle years. the worst is second round. True. Second round has been horrible. Need I remind you of a certain sixth round pick years ago <laughs> out of Ann Arbor? Yeah, I'm going to keep, you know, I, I'm sick of Tom Brady, but the facts are facts. He was a sixth round. He was. Sixth. Yep. Sixth. Yep. And not a not a low six. No. Because, you know, the Patriots were not that bad. No. So, right. Go figure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just patience with the Lions, really. I mean, we, I mean, it's like we can kind of like. <laughs> Pick your Detroit team. Yeah, it's just like we can talk about it and everything. But like I said, they're just so void of talent and everything. It's just you can't put this on. Campbell or Holmes you know I had people saying it's another f- a freshman coach and GM 
And it's just like, if anything, this is the best chance I've seen at them at building it right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he might be a, f- a freshman GM, but he ran a very successful scouting department in uh, St. Louis and L.A. for the Rams. I mean, and you got to draft well in this league. Forget building a team. You have to draft. Right. Um, so it's just it's it is what it is. And Dan Campbell, I know, is not an X's and O's guy, um, but it's like, have you seen the staff around him? Yeah. So it's just like we got we got to give this time. I th- I think it's two years before we even see a glimpse of who's going to be here in the future. And remember how young these lions are. Correct. Painfully, some are still in diapers. Yeah. I mean, and then there's a bunch of other guys that are on one two year prove it deals. Mm-hmm. So it's just you may not see half of this roster next year. Right there. I mean, he's already Campbell's already saying. Um, that uh, Barnes, the kid out of Purdue, needs a shot at linebacker because he's not sold on Jamie Collins. Right. I'm looking at you, Vitae. Those guys are getting cut. That's what needs to be done. More cutting. Get rid of these New England castaways that nobody else wanted that you overpaid. <laughs> so it's it's patience. There is a lot to work of work to be done here. Oh yeah. So um. Yeah, we're getting closer to the other sports. I mean, well, hockey and basketball got to right. be starting preseason here soon. Uh, well, not preseason. They, 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 you know, they just practice and scrimmage and then go. That's true. You know, hockey. Well, basketball. They'll have an exhibition, maybe yeah, two so games. Couple, you know, yeah. You know, Kalamazoo College uh, comes to um, University Arena once in a while, and we'll play them. You know, for fun. Yeah. You know, just to see how both teams are doing. You know, there are a couple others. Um, I think Adrian College has been in before. You know, stuff like that. It's like OU playing Rochester <laughs> College, right? Yeah, and, and, and but you, you get a you get a handle watching your guys in action against you know not against the you know your your second team but against another team. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's almost almost too early to start talking about that. Clayton Bates, I know, is going to finally put his uh his turn on the team. Yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Outside of uh, Coach Hawkins, um, you know, some of Hawks guys are still there. Yeah, you know, but but you know, Clayton Clayton's two years away from having this team be completely his. his. Although Clayton was with um, Steve for you know such a long time anyway, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Hockey, you know, again, yeah, it's a little too early to start really talking about that. I'm still, I will be waiting for my um, list of uh, name pronunciations that Corey Lee usually sends me over every year because I'm going to tell you what, (laughs) (laughs) there are some tongue twisters, especially, especially when you start getting out towards St. Cloud, North Dakota. They don't just, they don't just look in Canada, my friends. They look on the other side of the pond. (laughs) And yeah. 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 I I did, uh, I did PA announcing for Oakland soccer and we got a lot of English players. It was like, uh, how do you say that? It's what? Well, with their accent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, uh, the Bronco nation podcast brought to you by Zemlick, uh, Zemlick.com. They've got daily offers for your, um, 
your office supply needs. They've got uh, some free offers. So check them out. Zemlick.com. Uh, more coming up. Jim exiting. And uh, we will talk to you next week, hopefully after a uh, another WMU win. We are hoping. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Time out. One half of your Bronco Nation hosting duo back. My name, Jordan Lass. My co-host, Flawless Jim Lawless. Uh, he exits every week after we finish up the podcast. Well, at least our section. After that, we bring you uh, player interviews as well as uh, interviews with uh, Coach Lester. I was going to do my first one-on-one with him this week. Unfortunately, he has come down with COVID, not going to be on the sidelines on Saturday. He had to do a Zoom press conference this week. So hopefully uh, him and I will be able to link up next week. But uh, the Bronco Nation podcast brought to you by Zemlick. For all of your office supply needs, go to zemlick.com. They've got daily specials, free offers. Go check them out, a local community or a local store here in our community. But let's get into those uh, player interviews first. Look at that young man go! Zaire, obviously a big win, but you quickly got to put it behind you. You got a very good uh, San Jose State team coming in. What do you know about them? Um, well, we know that they have a very experienced up front. Um, they like to run the ball, and they have bruising backs, so we're going to have to be able to come downhill. Um, they have a talented pocket-passing quarterback, so we're going to have to contain him in the, with the D-line and be solid on the back end. See any similarities between uh, Pickett and, and, and the guy this weekend? Um, not many. Um, Pickett was a very great scrambler, so we had to contain him, but this guy has a very talented arm and can sit in the pocket, and his own line covers him very well, so we have to get home. Uh, last week gave up 27 points in the first half, uh, responded with only, uh, I believe, 14 in that uh, second half. Um, what was the message at halftime to kind of get you guys fired up for the final uh, 30 minutes? Um, it was just the will to win, honestly. Um, our coach came in there, he's like, they're not doing anything we haven't showed you guys. So we just had to keep going out there and battle them. It was a dogfight, and that's what it was. So we came out there. And our coach preaches every day, effort, effort, effort. So our guys came out there and gave all their, laid their heart in the line and gave as much effort as they can. We got the win. And uh, I know that uh, the fourth MAC championship has been the big goal for this entire season. Uh, but what does a win at Pitt do for your momentum uh, going into conference play? Um, I hope it shows the team that we're able to, like we we are trying to be who we say are. And if we put our best foot forward and work our work towards it, we can do it. And I, sh- I think um, after that pit win, it showed the guys that they were not just saying it. Like we really get buy in and believe in it. And we just got to keep the train moving. Thanks, Ayer. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Corey, you're a guy that's just experienced a tremendous amount of growth from last season to this season. What do you attribute that to? Uh, you know, just hard work uh, in the summertime. Uh, uh, with other guys like Sky Moore, uh, coach being on us every every single day, and just putting in that work. Can you talk about your relationship with Caleb this far so far this season? Obviously, you know you're a guy he can depend on. You get a lot of receivers that he can depend on. Yeah, Caleb, my guy. You know we get together uh, on and off the field uh, when the lights are not on. Uh, that we just get we just get extra work in. Uh, in the summertime, we got more work in. We came to the field. And we just got together and we just built chemistry. Obviously, the pit win was huge for the program and for Coach Lester and, you know, for your buddy Sky Moore. Can you just talk about the happiness, you know, that you guys were feeling for him to get a chance to go back home and, and, and show off what he could do? Yeah, I was happy for my bro. Uh, you know, it's always good when you can win in your hometown and just when friends and family is all around. So, yeah, I was just excited for him. 
Coach Lester mentioned uh, your speed has been a huge area of growth um, heading into the season. Can you talk about, um, I guess, some of the stuff that you were working on to um, kind of improving that area of your game, a point of emphasis? Uh, that's, uh, I have to give uh, all that to my strength and conditioning coach, you know, Coach G2, Coach Murray, you know, working with those guys in and out the weight room, on the field, helping me with my speed. Uh, they, that, that, that's where that comes from. What have you seen out of the San Jose State defense that makes you think you guys can be successful this weekend? Uh, you know, they're a tough, they're a tough physical opponent. We come in, we're going to come in with every game knowing that, you know, we're tough too. You know, we, we got good guys just like they got good guys. So we're going to come in, you feel me, knowing we can, knowing we can take care of business. Coming off that big win against Pitt, um, you guys uh, get some kind of tough news uh, today. Learned that uh, coach isn't going to be on the sideline for uh, the San Jose State game. Um, how did you find that out? And uh, I guess what was your immediate reaction? Let us know a few days ago, and uh, you know it's always—I wouldn't say bad, but it's, it's always not good when you know your head coach is not right there with you, you know, letting you know how you feel, I mean, what you can do and what can you, what you cannot do. So that's going to be tough for us, but we're going to adapt to it. All right, thanks, Corey. Yeah, thank you. Jordan Last coming to you one final time on this week's Bronco Nation podcast, uh, brought to you by Zemlick. For all of your office supply needs, go to Zemlick.com. Support your local businesses. They've got free specials, daily offers at Zemlick.com. Uh, so, yeah, we just heard from a few players, and we're going to end things with the uh, media press conference with Tim Lester from today. That would be Wednesday. Obviously, Coach has COVID. Couldn't do my one-on-one -on -one interview with him. We'll get back to that or do our first, actually, uh, next week. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, I'm going to check in with you later. Go Broncos. Uh, let's get a victory from San Jose State. Here's that press conference for you. Give me a huddle. Coach, how about a thought uh, going into this uh, new week, week four? coming off a huge victory over Pitt on the road. Yeah, it was uh, obviously proud of the guys this weekend. Uh, I thought we played played physical and, and uh, you know, responded all day, something we talk about a lot. And, um, you know, we, we, we can play better. There's a lot of things that I don't think we did well and, uh, you know, that we can grow from. But it was good to go on the road, play in a close game, have to, you know, run four minute drill and have some of the unique situations that happen. So that's huge for our football team moving forward. Um, so I thought they handled themselves very well. We had a lot of guys out, a lot of guys stepped up and uh, it was obviously a great win. So, um, so yeah, so now we move on to San Jose. They're a, uh, you know, they were top 25 team starting off this year. They, they won the mountain West last year. They got a great quarterback. So, uh, which is a battle. And then obviously I'm, I'm sidelined for a little bit of time here. So, uh, you know, I've been virtually in everything. So uh, I talked to the team again this morning, virtually. So uh, I've had two good days of practice and uh, ready to, ready to be at Waldo on Saturday. So the guys are fired up to get back out there. And, um, and so, yeah, that's where we're at. So I will open it up for questions. Patrick, you're muted, my friend. Here we go. Sorry about that. Um, so uh, can, thanks for your time, first of all, to, uh, to spend with us here today. 
Um, can you talk about um, who's going to step in as the interim head coach uh, for Saturday? Yeah, uh, Coach Esposito has been doing it, you know. Uh, you know, we run it on the sideline very, you know, I kind of, me and Coach Bath, because we're on the sideline, kind of run the offensive side, and, and Coach Espo runs the defensive side. Um, so, but as far as, like, the meetings, who's been who's been speaking to the team after practices, Coach Espo's been handling that from, from the jump. And uh, obviously, he's been a head coach. He knows exactly what's coming. So, um, so yeah, it's been, he's done a great job. And, the, you know, I haven't been far away because I'm on every TV screen talking to him at the same time. But, uh, but yeah, Coach Espo will, 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 will handle that on Saturday afternoon for me. How are some of your game day duties going to be divided up on Saturday? <sighs> I mean, the, the, I don't have a ton of other than talking to different people and, and, and really trying to be an on-the-field version to talk to Caleb you know, for uh, getting information back to Coach Evans up in the box, you know, and then uh, obviously making calls for penalties will be Coach Espo's responsibility. Um, most of the special teams decisions, I have a very good conversation normally with Coach Palsic on what we want to do with every punt, you know, field goal, kickoff, kickoff return. Uh, he'll he'll make those decisions without the conversation, you know, Uh so uh, I think the way we run it, there's always uh, there's always multiple people involved in most decisions. So there'll be less conversations and guys will have to make the decisions on what what's the right timing to. You know, we 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 do rely on analytics a lot. So the book kind of runs the show a lot of the time, which is good uh, for some of the decisions that might have to be made on Saturday. Um, it'll take a lot of pressure off, uh, off coach Espo when we have, we have some data to go off of that will make most of the decisions anyway. And have you been able to watch practice live or, um, I guess through a recorded feed? No, I don't watch it live. I watch it right, right when it's done. I literally, I was just, I don't know, three minutes ago with the defensive staff. Um, I'm, I'm linked into like a little camera and I sit in the middle of the table and uh and watch the film with the coaches so uh you know just watch the whole defensive practice as soon as we're done i'll hop into the offensive room they're waiting on me to watch the offense practice you know did the same thing with game planning you know we have different hours or two hours sets during the day that uh we watched you know the the red zone or the third down or the run sit and uh i've been i've been in everything you know and just i'm sitting on my couch instead you know, uh, but still just speaking up and hearing what everyone's saying and coming up with ideas. And uh, so that part has been fairly normal. You know, I did not uh, run the team meeting on Tuesday morning, but I did run this morning's team meeting first thing in the morning just to see everybody and talk a little bit about the game and uh, what I wanted to make sure they took from the game because I hadn't talked to them since the game. Uh, so um, I think because of everything that we went through, uh, I don't know, something like this is way more normal than, uh, than it used to be. Um, how are you planning to follow the game on Saturday? Um, I guess just through a feed that you have set up or through the TV like other people? Both. I'm trying to do both. I'm trying to have a feed and a uh, – because I'd love to see 22 on the field. I'd love to see all 22 players. I mean, from a coach's eye, that's kind of what you'd like to see. Um if I only get the TV view, I only get the TV view. We're working on some of those things. I'm not allowed to have any contact with anybody. Uh, that's what I've kind of talked to a lot of people about. I don't think, um, 
this week has not been all that different, you know, as far as my contact with my coaches and the game planning and uh, the staff meetings. Uh, I think Saturday is going to be way different, and that's something I'll have to deal with. Uh, I'm trying to plan for it now, but uh, but the week's been good, and uh, just trying to, to to make sure that we capitalize and learn off of victory uh, last week that I thought we we played very well um, is really what I want to make sure we get accomplished because we're going to need it moving forward. And then um, any injury updates uh, for uh, Bryson Garner, who left last week's game, as well as uh, some of the guys who uh, didn't dress last week? Yeah, you know, we uh, Bryson is he's kind of, uh, you know, he might play. He's definitely not out. You know, he's practiced uh, non-contact this week. So he's moved around. We know he's in shape. We just got to continue to work on that strength. Um, A.J. Thomas, I would say doubtful is moving around more, getting closer. Hoping to see him back. Uh, I do think you'll see Ryan Seelig. He's been practicing, which is great to get him back. Um, Bustle, I don't think he'll be back. Um, I think that's it. Offensively, we're still fairly healthy. We got, you know, just dealing with small injuries here and there, but um, but nothing major. So, so yeah, we're, we're excited to get more healthy. Delano was an emergency guy last year, last week. We, I don't know if you noticed, we put him in for one play because we had an emergency for one play, made a tackle on that one play. Uh, he's been moving around, looks great, you know. So uh, it's been uh, it's been great, to, you know, to be able to play and have some success and um, and then get guys back, you know. So it's uh, we're getting we're getting closer to to healthy. And then after last week's game, um, you you told the Bronco Radio Network that it uh, was the biggest win uh, of your tenure. Um, I guess you know. Coming off this positive COVID test, has that done anything to, um, I guess, kind of maybe hurt some of that momentum from carrying over to this week? Uh, I didn't. Did I say that? Yeah, I believe you told John Creek that in the locker room. I, I think John Creek might have said that. But anyway, I, I don't remember saying that. That's okay, though. It was a big win regardless. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, what those guys accomplished on Saturday, you know, against a good team at their place. Uh, the way we did it is probably the most impressive thing. I think that uh, just the the heart the guys showed. We had a lot of penalties, way too many. Uh, the guys kept responding and not letting that emotionally affect their next play. Uh, we got turnovers. I mean, to run run the ball out with four minutes left and not have to give the ball back is a huge thing uh, for the confidence of this football team and. Uh, for them to look at some of the things that we didn't do well, some of our past coverage stuff we got to get better with and leverages. And, <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I don't think it takes anything away. I, I think it's it's just another chapter in the book, you know, and uh, something we can overcome and hopefully something we can learn from. Coach, how about a thought on San Jose, Nick Starkle, their quarterback? <laughs> He's, He's good. Around. He's been a few spots along the way. I mean, he was a, I think he was a five-star kid coming out. I mean, he started for Texas A&M. He started for Arkansas and now he started for San Jose. So uh, extremely talented, great arm whip. I mean, played a ton of college football. Uh, has already won a championship, obviously the Mountain West last year. Uh, he is, he is a guy that we're going to, we've been hearing, hearing from and hearing about and, 
he's a guy that we need to be we need to be ready for. He's not not going to run all over the place, you know, but uh, he can do it from the pocket, you know, not like our guy. He can do it from the pocket. So uh, big challenge for our defense, and uh, and it, and it's going to be it's going to be fun for people that come out to watch a guy like that play Walden. Coach, you have a quarterback in Caleb Ellaby who has yet to throw an interception this season. Uh, the San Jose State defense has yet to force an interception. Uh, does that does that build any confidence uh, for your passing game heading into the week? Yeah, we just need to continue to be efficient. There's some things that Caleb, I think, can do better from this weekend. I know he played an unbelievable game. Uh, I was on the phone with him a couple, was it two days ago? Just kind of going through mentally through the game with him and uh, making sure he's continually improving and, uh, you know, some of the dropback stuff that I thought I think we we didn't execute as well as we should with the details we need to execute with, uh, but he's super accurate with the ball. His his attention to detail in our RPO game on Saturday needed to be, you know, almost perfect, and he was, you know, and uh, so he's continued to be efficient and explosive, and that's hard to do. I mean, a lot of people, when you're trying to be aggressive and trying to be explosive, you you have to try to put the ball in small windows. And uh, it's really hard to do both of those things. And he's done it. He did it last year. Uh, he obviously showed that on Saturday. I think everyone got to see it. Uh, we knew what it was going to take to to move the ball against that. I did. The plan wasn't to hold the ball for 40 minutes. Our plan was to execute. Any one of those plays, you know, you break a tackle like Corey Krooms did the one time. Uh you know, then you score against that defense. So uh, we didn't break a ton of tackles. We just kept getting 10-yard gains, 10-yard gains, 10-yard gains. And uh, I was really proud of their of their efficiency on offense. And uh, and then we started to run the ball. We had some effectiveness running the ball. So um, that really kind of set the tone, I think, uh, as, we, as we knew they were going to score. We knew they were explosive. We knew we had three DBs out, and they were going to try to get after our some of our younger guys back there, and they did. Uh, but we kept answering the call and, and uh, you know, Caleb was cramping and everything and just kind of hung in there with us. So, so definitely a lot of confidence in him. Every, every defense presents different challenges. And um, this defense coming in here is a lot different. They do a lot of different things, a lot of different fronts, uh, a lot of different coverages. So he's going to, we talked about the other night, he's going to have to be sharp. He's going to have to know what's coming and what coverage they're in. And, and uh, you know, and a lot of the stuff our defense does too. So he's seen it in practice plenty. Uh, so it should be, it should be a challenge for him. I know he's excited about it. Looking at uh, film of the San Jose state defense, are there any players or schemes that they, that they have that they run uh, that stood out to you that were you? Uh, no schemes. I mean, it's, it's stuff we've seen before, but they do, they play hard now. 42 is, uh, is to our right defensive end. And he is, he's a dude. I mean, he can run and he, they're all, their whole front is, is big and physical. Uh, and, and their one linebacker who's out was one of the best players in their conference. He'll be, he'll be out for the first half, but you'll see him in the second half. Uh, but they got players that can run and hit. You don't, you don't win a uh, division one football conference, to, you know, without having a ton of players, you know? So uh, defensively, they've been playing really good. I think they've only given up four or five touchdowns in three games, you know? So uh, they've been doing, they've been playing well, keeping people off balance. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a huge challenge. And it's, it's a unique combination between Illinois state's defense and Pitt's defense. So the order of games kind of 
helps us a little bit in all the multiple fronts we're going to see. We have faced them before. Uh, we're just going to have to be able to execute play by play by play. And unlike last Saturday, um, maybe have a different look every get every play and have to adjust and react to that play. Uh, whereas sometimes you can get comfortable with the one defense you're seeing if, if you have a kind of a single front or even just two fronts you can get used to. But when you're talking about four, five, six fronts, luckily our center is an academic All-American. That helps because uh, uh, we just got to get up there, all get on the same page and then uh, execute with detail. But we got to get up there and, and get on the same page first uh, against a, a really good defense. Coach, it looks like they're a base three, four. Do they shift around up there on the defensive line? Oh, yeah. They're going to run four, three. They're going to run three, four. They're going to run three, three stack. And then they're going to run some variations that might look like a three, four, but it's going to play like a four, three, you know, uh, from, from up above where you're sitting, Hookster, it'll look like a three, four, but it might be a shade three, five and a stand up the end that's off the line a little bit, a little bit like Ball State did last year um so that's why it's important that we get up there we get and luckily we go straight to the line of scrimmage every play we scan we take our time we want to make sure we know what they're in um so they definitely cause some challenges you know and, and sometimes they have sometimes they'll give you an even box and play some more coverage sometimes they're going to load the box and stop to run so so caleb's gonna have to make a lot of big decisions and and anytime you have a three-man front it gives them variety you know they could always drop eight at any time, you know, only rush three, which, which then it adds one more player to every coverage they have, you know? So, uh, so Caleb's going to have to know when they do that and how to react in that moment. So it's, uh, it'll, it'll be a great challenge. I know, uh, I know Caleb and Mike, I've talked to both of them on the phone uh, and they're excited about the opportunity. And, and, uh, and we haven't think we put a good plan together, had a good practice Tuesday. Like I said, I haven't watched the offensive film from today yet. I'm going to uh, do that right after this, and uh, and then they'll be they'll be excited to play another home game. Talked about Caleb Ellaby. Uh, Zaire Barnes also earned a Mac Player of the Week uh, for his performance last week. What did you like from him, and, and especially hopping on those two fumbles? Man, I mean, just to watch a guy come through adversity. You know, it's Zaire's one of our best players has always been one of our best players, a complete competitor. Uh, and then watching him blow his knee out last camp, uh, training camp was just terrible and watching him having to fight through it and have the surgery and rehab and rehab and want to be out there, but can't. And, and then he came back and he wasn't the same guy cause he wasn't trusting it hundred percent yet. And, um, and then he gets, you know, he's he's just getting better every time he's out there. Now, he looked like Zaire Barnes on Saturday, you know, and being physical. Uh, I don't know, I think eight to ten tackles at the right spot, a fumble recovery-wise, and great in coverage. Uh, there's just so he can play two positions. He can play the Will. He can play the Sam, uh, which is nice. Uh, and having that piece of the puzzle when you have AJ, when AJ's healthy, he can play the Sam or the safety spot. So you have two, you know, two Swiss Army knives, kind of, you know, that that we can we can put them different places when we have injuries and still have our best eleven out there. So, uh, man, I was so happy for him to have a big game, his probably biggest game on the biggest stage. And uh, shoot, if he wasn't tripped up, he would have had a touchdown. I mean, there was no, I mean. 
Andre Carter saw the ball on the ground and dove for it. And, and uh, Zaire picked it up and, and started running with it. And unfortunately, Andre fell right on his shoelace and tripped him. And, uh, or he would have gotten the end zone, which would have been fun to see him uh, celebrate there on one of the, the great turnovers that those guys forced on, on Saturday. So uh, I just think the sky's the limit for him. You know, he's back. He's trusts, he trusts his body. He's, he's had plenty of time to lift and he's kind of filled out a little bit. He's a little stronger than he's been in the past and I had a great off season, uh, which is hard to do when you're coming off a knee. And, um, and man, it was, it was great to see him have success. Coach, uh, final question for me. Um, is there a date that you're looking at coming back um, as far as what the protocols dictate? Yeah, my, my date's the 30th. So next Thursday will be my first day back in the office, you know. So uh, it's been a unique, uh, you know, I look at everything. I'm a silver lining person. You probably know that by now, Pat. And uh, so um, I am in meetings all day virtually, you know, and then the, the time I've struggled this week is when they're on the field, you know, and so I've I've started watching Buffalo. It's great. You know, I've, I've been just sitting here. Watch, I've watched more film this week than I've ever watched in my life. That's all I can do, you know. And uh, so I'm already getting ahead um, on that. And so hopefully I'm hoping by Sunday when those guys come into the office, I'll have more information for them than they've ever had you know, both sides of the ball saying, Hey, this is who we're playing. I've watched other games. Um, you know, so hopefully I'm trying to use this as an advantage. And if I have to watch this game on television, my, my way of um, hopefully I can see something on television that, uh, can help us down the road, you know, so maybe I'll pick something up that I would have never seen, uh, if I didn't have to watch it this way. And, uh, if I can pick something up and I can use it to help us down the road, cause you know, the, Obviously, San Jose State's an unbelievable football team, and then uh, then we start conference play, and that was the, you know, I want to. I'm I'm lucky that I'm going to be back for that, and it's going to be. Uh, we got our first four weeks of conference play. Our that's uh, Buffalo, Ball State, um, Kent State, Toledo. I mean, it's the it's everyone that's picked to win it, and depending on which publication you look at, all of them are picked. You know, so. Uh, it's going to be a great challenge the next month. And, uh, you know, this this setback is maybe an opportunity for us to get a head start on the first game of that, or at least me. Uh, one follow-up uh, for me off that. Um, when's the last time you've been able to spend a college football Saturday at home? Ooh. <laughs> That's a great question. Probably 2000 and One, maybe. When I was playing arena football, I had a fall off once. It wasn't before college, so it had to be like 2001, I think, was the last time that I've had a Saturday that I have wasn't at a game, you know, so it'll be it'll be crazy. And I'll have, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll get the feed in here. I got I got three TVs in here, so I'm going to have them all on, and so uh, just trying to Obviously, there will be one game I'm dialed into, but, um, you know, it'll definitely be a different. I, I, haven't, I haven't compartmentalized in my head Saturday yet. I, I got to figure. I know I can't do anything. I know I can't have any communication. Uh, but uh, I got to try to figure out uh, how, you, how you do that. 
I'm a first timer. I was thinking about calling. So I know it's happened to a lot of coaches and I've read, I heard the story about Miss Terry saying, uh, you know, what, what coach Saban did when he was, you know, screaming and yelling at the television, you know? And, uh, so I'm just really worried about our preparation right now. And I'm hopefully got a good plan together by Saturday when I'm here down in this basement by myself. Coach Ladarius Jefferson has been able to find the end zone uh, five times through your first three games. Um, he had a he had a big performance there against Pitt. What have you liked about him uh, and his performance so far? I've just been so proud of the way he's he falls forward. You know what I mean? Like there's certain running backs that just don't get pushed backwards. And and when you're obviously inside the five yard line, you like that. You know, a guy that's that's leaning forward and always falling forward because. Uh, he's about six foot tall or a little bit, maybe a little bit more. So that's two yards right there, you know? So if he's falling from the line of scrimmage forward, so, um, you know, so he's been, he's been physical. He does a great job in pass pro. Uh, he's, he's gotten himself faster from year one to year two. He's done a great job with his, his preparation uh, in the off season. So, uh, you know, him and him and Sean and Jackson, but Jackson's been kind of hurt, but him and Sean are such a great one, two combo. Because, like I said before, they they both do everything well, but they both have certain unique traits that can make certain plays even better. You know, he runs harder than than most running backs I've been around can break tackles, um, whereas Sean has a little bit more, you know, going to make you miss and go go the distance. You know, so having, but they both can run hard and they both can catch the ball and they both can pass pro. So it allows us to kind of rotate them at will. And as long as we're rotating at will, then it doesn't mean that let, since Ladarius is in there, we're running inside zone. And if Sean's in there, we're trying to run it on the edge because we, we run everything uh, with both of them, uh, which is a powerful thing as an offense. And now if we have a big play and it's a, it's a downhill play, uh, we're probably going to have Ladarius in there for it. You know, and if there's a big, I don't know, I want, if I ever wanted my running back to go out wide and run a, a go route, Sean's going to run that. You know, so uh, so that's the that's the beauty of what they both both brought to us. And it's been fun to watch the Darius find the end zone and the guys feed off his energy, which is great. Him and Caleb. And and uh, it's really it's really got us kind of going because I, I didn't think up to this point we really had we really hadn't been clicking offensively like we'd like to. And uh, hopefully this is a start. It's a long season, but hopefully this is a start to getting our offense back to being efficient like we need to be.